just all around this room right now. Just take a moment. Just close your eyes. Just a second. We don't have anywhere to go. We don't have anywhere to be. You're in this place. Let's take this this time and we'll have a moment with the Lord. And just in this time, just I want you in your own way to tell him, here I am. To tell him I'm present. God, I'm I'm with you. God, I'm, I'm here for you. What you want to share with me, what, what you want to give to me, what you want to do through me today. God, we, we together as a church, we say here we are, knowing that you have a good future for us, knowing that you have good plans for us, that regardless of what has happened to us in the past, we know you have something good for us in our future. Lord, we, we give it all to you because we know that it is all yours in general. So when we sing the song, here I am, you can have it all. It's all yours anyway. You, we steward what you've given to us. And so, God, because of that, we, we recognize today that without you, we're nothing. Without you, we have nothing in our hands. And so thank you for the blessings that you've given us. And we stand in expectation and in actual agreement for our future and what you're going to bring to us. So we thank you for that today, God. We ask you to bless this time. Bless this moment. Bless this this unique Sunday, God, as we worship your name in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout amen, amen, amen. Give God a hand clap of praise in this place. Come on, church. Well, you may be seated, and uh, we're so glad that you are here with us today on Vision Weekend and on your seat uh, that you are sitting on currently. Those are not chair covers uh, I know they kind of look like chair covers, but if you want, you can take it off your chair right now. Just grab it. Just reach behind you and take that shirt. Everybody got a vision shirt today. And so just take it up and uh, you can look at it. Just check it out. Our team put it and created it for you. That's our gift to you today. And uh, we wanted to make sure you had something to walk away with today, simply just to share with you how much we love you. And uh, thank you for being a part and participating in Vision Sunday uh, this week. And um, man, we're excited. Today's going to be a good day. I'm going to ask you, if you can, um, just for the next 30-ish minutes, I'm going to ask you today just to lean in maybe a little more than you normally have. Maybe you come in here to church regularly and, you know, you're kind of like, go through the motions. But today is special. And uh, it's special because of what I think is going to happen to set the tone for our future. And, uh, and we're just so glad that you're here. If you're new with us, my name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor, and on behalf of my wife, Erica, and all of our staff and pastors, we're so glad that you're with us. Uh, if, especially if you're here with us for the very first time, if you are a guest with us, uh, I always invite our guests to come back at least three times. Everybody say three times. Yeah, the reason we do that is we really believe that Rise is something you have to take in a few times to really get the full picture of, of who we are. Uh, we have an end game here, our goal. Um, there, is a, there is a strategy to what we're trying to do with you, is that when you come in here, you don't just become a number, you become family. Uh, we really believe that you can find spiritual family in the house of God. We believe that's why the local church was created. And so we didn't create a club. We're not another. Honestly, if you're here to get entertained, there's better entertainment in the world. We're here to give you spiritual family. That's what I feel like, I feel like we were called to do uniquely inside of the city. And so I pray that that would be your uh, experience. And if you need anything, just let us know. We're here for you. Today, we are wrapping up a series called Vision. We've actually been talking about our vision and what we created as a church to do. And over the last several weeks, I highly encourage you to go to our YouTube channel or we're on Spotify. We're on every podcast platform out there. And, um, and uh, for those of you watching online, we're so glad that you're with us. Welcome. And um, 
but I highly encourage you to go back and check out this series particularly because we've been talking about what we do as a strategy to reach people and to build lives. Our mission here is to reach people, build lives. And inside of that, we have a method. It's really not our method. It's God's method of how he grows people. And in week one, we talked about, we actually put up a grid. I'll put the grid up for you. Just kind of give you context to what we've been talking about over the several last several weeks. But this is all out of Exodus chapter 6, which really is God's way of bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt, but also into the promised land. But it's how he grows us and you and me. And you actually see this all throughout Scripture. And I did that in the first week. I showed it to you. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. And so we talked about how he started off with, I will bring you out, which is kind of step one, which is the uh, part of the four cups means there was a four. Every year, even the Jewish people right now, they use the Seder and the, and the Passover. They celebrate the four cups and the four steps of God uh, of growing people. And, uh, and so they, they drink four cups of wine. The first cup is the cup of sanctification. The second cup is the cup of deliverance. Third cup is the cup of redemption. And we're going to talk about the cup of praise today. And uh, the language we use for this steps is lost people get saved. And then we want to see saved people get freed. And then we want to see freed people get developed. And finally, we want to see developed people get mobilized. Now, our method is we use this in our language. We talk about it like this. We want to see people know God. We want to see people find family, develop purpose, and ultimately make a difference. And we're going to talk about making a difference today and really what that means for us as a church and, and walk that out. And so it's going to be a special day today. My, my prayer and my hope is that you would not just get our method, that you would get the God of the method, that you would understand the strategy that we have in place to actually give people the opportunity to fall in madly in love with the God that we love. And that's really our goal. That's our end game and our strategy. And so hopefully you have a great time today. My encouragement to you would be uh, stick around for several more weeks because we have uh, some unique things that we're going to be doing today. So uh, with that as our, as our backdrop, let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. I thank you that today, God, you are going to speak to us in only the ways that you can. Lord, give, give me the words to relay to your people what you desire for them to know and for them to do. Lord, get me out of the way. Help me to understand your the value that you place in the local church and inside of spiritual family. Help us to be connected today in ways we've never have. We give you all this in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout amen. 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 Video. Click the button. Now, come on, that's worth clapping about. So, so the, the reason we, we did that, which is you know not normal, we don't normally put a video right there, but the reason we did that is because I couldn't think of a better way to illustrate this point, that you are not here to go to church. I, I cannot begin to describe to you how many churches and pastors like me get it wrong? That we try to do everything we can to get you to come to a place to have church. 
and I promise you it's from good intentions because we believe in the local church and we believe that, that hope is found in the local church. I believe the hope of the world is the local church. Why? Because the local church should be preaching and teaching the message of Jesus. The gospel message is good news. I'm so grateful you come to church. But at the end of the day, if you don't be the church, we are all going to miss it. You can put an expiration date on how long you're going to be a Christian because it's not worth it. It's, it's not enough for you to come and open your Bible and sing a song and hear me tell a joke and hear one of my crazy stories about me throwing some baseball bag on the field and getting yelled at and kicked out of the baseball fields. Like, they're, they're, it's not worth it. Eventually, my jokes run dry. Eventually, you're going to get tired of me. Eventually, the music's not going to sound so cool. The curb of your enthusiasm will literally start to wane. I'm just telling you, I've been doing this for a long time. It's only the people who find family inside spiritual family that actually thrive, that they grow, they reach their potential, and they ultimately do what we're trying to talk about today, and that is to make a difference. Like you weren't put on this earth just to be a great person in your career field. You weren't put on this earth to be somebody that just make it in school. You weren't put on this earth just to be a, a husband or a wife, to be a, a mother or a father. You were put on this earth to make a difference in all aspects of your life. You should walk out of your door every day with an excitement about you, regardless of what's going on, thinking, I'm going to change something today. I got to have some excitement to my life. I got to have some type of passion to who I am. Like I got to wake up and regardless of what kind of boss I have because he might be crazy. Regardless of the kind of husband I have because you know he lost his mind, he don't listen. And I, I, my kids might be out of control. No matter what my life is about, I can make it about making a difference. And the world's going to try to steal that from you. It's going to steal your purpose. We talked about last week about like every one of you have been made so unique. You're so good. You're so good. Your mom was right. You're special. Because God made you unique. There are things in you the world desperately needs. And you've been listening to a lie long enough from people who maybe picked on you in school. I've met people who are 50, 60, 70 years old, and they're still junior high, high school kids. They're still stuck. They're still the kid being put in a trash can at school because someone told them they were trash. They believed it, and they lived their life like they were trash. Come on, this is not abnormal, y'all. And God created you something unique. He created you to be special. And the fourth step for all of us is this unique step we call making a difference. It's the cup of, we call it the cup of praise in the, in the Hebrew culture. And the cup of praise simply was this. We celebrate God mobilizing us into our spiritual family. When the children of Israel were walking into the promised land, they were not walking into a promised land to go and hang out. They were walking into the promised land to go become everything they were supposed to be. They were a set and set chosen people of God to go and change the world. He saved them for a purpose, on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That's you and that's me. Yeah. 
We want to see trained people be mobilized and make a difference. How do we do that? This is, let me give you our strategy here at Rise, how we, how we take you from step one to step two, step three, what our ultimate goal is. I'm going to give you our end game. Here's our, I'm, I'm going to reveal it to you, okay? You know, like, like, just tell me what the win is here. Like, tell me what you're trying to do. No, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get you off the seat. That's what I'm trying to do. You'd be like, well, you know, pastor, like, I'm too young. I don't know what I'm doing. No, 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 you're just the right age. No, you're ju- you don't have to wait to be great. You're going to be awesome. You can be, right- you can be great right now. Right. right now. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I have a past. I'm new to this thing. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm barely a Christian. You don't know what I did last night. No, 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 you- you're right where you need to be. Oh, so you're saying you're flawed and you're broken and you need God in order to accomplish your purpose? Sounds like you're in the right place at the right time. Sounds like you're right where he wants you. Oh, no, Pastor, you don't understand. I've been, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm kind of, you know, I'm seasoned. I got that gray hair flow going on. You don't understand. Like, I know what I've been. I've been doing this for a while. I've been saved since Moses. Sounds like God. You know what I realized? I look at the Bible. God used a lot of old people in the Bible. Do you all know that? He used a lot of seasoned people who've been around for a long, 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 long time. And he did that on purpose to show you that you're never too old to be used by God. You're never too old. So, so the point is, is can you make a difference? The answer in, in exquisitely is what is what is yes. It's yes. So, so, so the point is that we have to have, and as a church, a, what do I call a priestly mindset? Now, this might not be, this might sound familiar if you come from a background of a certain religion, but it's, it's not. It's very different. What we might be used to is somebody who is now a mediator between us and God. Where you feel like, in order for my sins to be absolved, I have to go to a man. In order for my sins to be absolved by God. The problem is you didn't read the Bible. And so when I say priestly mindset, I actually mean the, we call it what the priesthood of the believer. Which means that you, you and I, when we enter into relationship with Christ, it's the first Peter mindset. It's the first Peter thought. It's the idea that you and I, when we enter into relationship with Christ, he became our priest. He became our mediator. He became our forever bridge from sin to glory and to holiness to God. There was no longer, now no longer, we have, I love how the Bible talks about it. How he said, we, we do not have, it's not that we don't have a, a priest that can be touched by the feeling of my friend. Like there's somebody who died and rose again so you and I can have a relationship with God. The priest is actually, that seat's been taken. So that just means we now are the priesthood of the believers. In fact, First Peter, let me read it for you. It says this, it says, you also are like living stones are being built into spiritual house. I love that. That's family language, y'all. Where, where, does, where, do, where do families live? In a house. They have homes. He said to be what? To be a holy priesthood. Everybody say priesthood. priesthood. You're like, I didn't even, you didn't even know you were a priest. You didn't even know you were qualified. Isn't that good? Like you didn't know that when you got saved, God said, guess what? You're, in the, you're, you're, you're now hired to be the priesthood of the believer, to now walk around and do what he said, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable through Jesus Christ, that through Jesus, you and I became priests, and now we go out and make a difference. Your, your ability to change the world has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with what's been given to you. It's a title and a role and a power and an anointing that's been given to you by God. So guess what? You better use it. I went to, I was working for a company one time. They, it's kind of like this. They said I had vacation time and I never took vacation because I was one of those crazy serial like workers all the time. Anybody else like that? Like, I'm just going to save it all up. And my HR lady came to me one time. She said, you better use it. Oh, y'all heard that one too, huh? 
Yeah, he said, you better use it or lose it. And I'm just telling you, a lot of Christians lose it. A lot of Christians lose it. It's not because you don't have it anymore. It's because you lose it. You forget about it. You start doing other things. You start trying to win the race at the career field. You win that race, and it doesn't taste as sweet. You ever notice that? It's because that's not what you were born for. Is there anything wrong with doing well at work? Yet yeah, nothing's wrong with doing well. You should work as unto God. The Bible says you go to work. Don't work like you got a boss. You work like you got a God. There's nothing wrong with working. Working is great. You should work. You should win. You should get a promotion. You should have money. God is not worried about you having money. He's worried about money having you. That's the point of your life. Okay, so God, 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 God wants you to do well, but he wants you to know your purpose. It's through Jesus. So how do we make a difference? Let me give you three points real quick, and then I'm going to do a summary of what we're all here for today. So if you want to make a difference, we use the Acts 1-8 model. This is a good model just for you to think about in your life. You're trying to make a difference. It's like maybe I've convinced you in the last three weeks that you want to know God and then you want to find family and then you want to develop your purpose. So this is to make a difference. So you're like, okay, pastor, I'm in. So how do I make a difference? I'll give you three categories of what you can do. That Acts 1-8 says, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He said, I thought it was interesting that, that, that as Jesus is establishing the church, he's saying, you're going to be my witnesses. He could have just, do, I mean, honestly, he probably could have just said like to everywhere, right? Yeah. Like everywhere. God, you just, you God, so you just, okay, just let me summarize this. I got things I got to go do. So just go be good everywhere. But he didn't. He, he, he highlighted them in categories. And if you look at them, they're geographical locations. Jerusalem, number one, he said, you, you, need to, you need to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. You need to make a difference in Jerusalem. And I, I think that's your local context. And just so you know, everyone has a local context. And I really believe, this is just what I really believe. I really believe your first local context is, is your actual natural family. Yeah. Yeah. Which means, like, it's the people that God actually possesses. You ever notice how you didn't get to pick your family? <laughs> Some of y'all are like, if I got to pick my family, I got to pick someone else. You know? Don't, 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 don't amen because you're sitting next to you. Know. We know who, other people. You know, you laugh by other people, right? Okay. Other family. But sometimes, because you didn't pick your family, maybe you didn't pick your family so that you could reach your family. We were too busy being hurt by our families. We're too wounded by our families to recognize you're there for a purpose. You're in that family for a purpose. My, my counselor, the other day I was talking to him and I was, I was frustrated about this, this, and life. Because I talk to people who are frustrated about their families. I was talking, you know, my counselor let me get to the end. And he goes, you done? It's never good. When your pastor or your counselor says, you done? I said, yes, sir. He goes, all right, well, sounds like you got a job to do. So you're going to do it. And I'm like, can you just be a little more, can you just hug me or something? You know, just say, yeah. He's like, he's like what, is that, what else is there to say, Aaron? Sounds like you got a, a job to do. You got a job to do in your family. Mark 5, 19, it says, Jesus did not allow the man to go. He said, go home to your family and friends. I like this. And he says, and tell them about what the Lord did for you. Yeah. Like your first ministry, just so you know, is your family. My first ministry is my family. My first ministry calling is to my wife and then to my children. So that's why I don't come hang out with all y'all all the time. I love you. 
I wish I could, but I'm committed to Jerusalem and making a difference in my family's life. And our responsibility for you is to create, like, is, you just need to see this. This is really important. Some people look at the church to fix their family. That's not what the church's responsibility is. The church's responsibility is to partner with you as you pastor your family. We're partners in this. So we want to resource you. We want to help you. We want to get you that next step. But it ain't our responsibility. I used to be a youth pastor and parents would come up and be like, fix my kid. I'm like, I can't fix 20 years of you're messing up. I'm not Jesus. I represent Jesus. But they hate going to church because you never told them to go to church. You never went to church yourself. And then you want me to make them love church. It don't work. like Y'all hear what I'm saying? So you got to pastor your family. Your first ministry, if you're holding your wife's hand, if you're holding your husband's hand, that's your first ministry. It's not church. It's not the world. Your first man. If you don't do that right, I'm telling you, I meet pastors who get it weird all the time. Spiritual people get it weird all the time. They're like, they're losing their family, and they're out on the street telling people about Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Is there anything wrong with telling people about Jesus on the street? No. But when your priorities are out of whack, God, I think sometimes looking at you, you realize I gave you your family first to pastor them. They actually need your one-on-one time before the other people need your one-on-one time. You earn the right to speak to the public by what you do in private. So we got to be careful with that. And that's my responsibility to you as a pastor. Number two is Judea and Samaria. These are our friends and our acquaintances. So this ain't family. This is the people that put that. Okay, these are the people you choose. So these are people like you, 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 you choosing to hang out with them. And can I be honest? You need to have some people in your life that are like, you know, they, you might not invite them to the family barbecue. You know what I'm saying? May, they might not. The first place you take them might not be right to like a very public setting. But you're friends with them. Why? Because you have a job to do. You have a difference to make. I like what Galatians chapter six says. He says, "Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens, and so that so that Christ, so so you complete." Christ's law, like, you got to stoop down sometimes. Some some of y'all have too many Christian friends. Is that weird coming from a pastor? Now, you grew up with somebody telling you, like, don't talk to anybody that don't know God. That makes sense for a five-year-old, but you're a 45-year-old. Yes? So we grow up, and you should have the wisdom to recognize when you are being influenced and when you are can be an influence and so i'm not saying jump off the deep end and hang out at the bar all night long that should be all your friends but i'm saying every once in a while you need to go and 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 touch the leper you forgot what it was like to be you want to know why you don't want to touch the leper because you were one and somebody did their good job of just kind of walking up to you when you were crazy. And they said, look, I know you're crazy, but I got a job to do. I got a job. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I'm trying to motivate you to get out of the world. The world is one gigantic 
movie. It ain't even real. It's a fantasy land. This is real. If you want fulfillment in your life, you better go make a difference. So our responsibility for us as a church is to create environments for you to reach your world. That's what we want to do. I want to create environments for you to reach your world, your world, like personal world, like the world that's around you. That means your coworkers and your friends and your, your like crazy neighbors and the ones that always barbecue at midnight with the, you know, with like, man, the other night, I'm not even lying to you. The other night on the other side of the behind my fence, on the other side, I just was just, I was making this message about the people in your life. And there was somebody at midnight with the, uh, with the mariachi bands up in the midnight playing in my, I'm still mad about it like welcome to san antonio honestly i think they're my cousins so anyway so uh, all right number three ends of the earth ends of the earth he said mark chapter 16 he says jesus said to his followers this is all the rest of the world so this is not your world this is the world he said go everywhere everybody say everywhere, everywhere. that in the greek means everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. We're called to reach the ends of the earth. That's why you should be a part of a life-giving church. If nothing else, you should be a part of a life-giving church that does things for the world. I'm about to show you with you a little bit about what we do for the world. It's going it's to rock you. The size of our church, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to share with you. I'm going to give you the State of the Union address for the church today. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about what, you, what you've been doing. You're going to be so excited. You're going to be fired. You're going to be like, I cannot believe I'm part of this church. This is amazing. Because I, I was putting the numbers together. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is, I'm so happy. Thank you, God, for serve, sending me here. I could serve this church. This is incredible. So our responsibility is to find, partner, find and partner with organizations reaching the world. I'm going to share with you right now what we do and what we did this last year. Reach 2020. I'm going to invite my wife uh, up on the platform, and uh, we're going we're to just share with you a little bit. Uh, this is my wife. Everybody say hi, Erica. Hi, Erica. Hi, this is my wife. She's Hi, awesome. everybody. They love you, man. <laughs> I love them. I was Amazing. telling somebody, I said, they, people come to this church, they like me, but they love my wife. I'm telling you, they just love it. She's good people. Uh, she, she's amazing. So high fives, high fives. Okay, awesome. All right. So, hey, recap real quick. We just want to give you some thoughts and some things that we did this year and, and just kind of walk about uh, with, with different things in our church and what we did um, and what, what we accomplished through your vision offering and vision giving. Okay, so your vision. We did this last year. We do this every year. And so before we take the offering, I always want to give you an up, kind of an update of what, where it went to. I mean, y'all like that. Like, you ever give it to a church and you're like, where did that money go? Like, well, so just so you know, it didn't go to my boat. I don't have a boat. You know, I didn't buy, pastor didn't buy a new car. That's not even how it works. I couldn't do it if I wanted to. So like, just so you know, like this, this is where it went. God's doing some amazing things. So um, let's talk about missions just real quick. Missions. We believe in, in missions organizations and missions around the, the, the world and inside of our local context. So we use the Acts 1A model. Just so you know, we use it. We use it for Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. We use that to kind of help us create a grid of where our missions giving should go because we believe as we take in, we should be giving as well, right? So we don't ask you to do anything that we don't do ourselves as a church, just so y'all know. Just so y'all know. So the first one is in our city. We call this Jerusalem. So we call that, like, this is our city. This is our local context as a church. Where do we give in our city? So I, I wanted to just touch on Serve Day because Serve Day was amazing. And uh, we, had, we showed you a video of that. But we had 193 Rise Serve team members show, serve at seven different sites all around the city. And the reason we do that is because I'm trying to motivate us in our church to get up and to go out. Just so you know, it costs money to do Serve Day. A lot of money to do Serve Day. Some of us are like, well, I get to serve. This is awesome. Just so you know, we couldn't do that without people giving. 
You can't. I, I'm thankful. I was telling Pat, church planner, because I'm a church plant coach, and he was like, what should I be praying for? You know, should I be praying for, like, good vision for the church? And, like, you know, like, should I be, like, a good graphic and logo and a website? I said, you need to pray for money and people. You can have a dope graphic and a, like, crazy good website, but if you have no people and no money, it won't matter for very long. There's some tangibleness to it. So, like, I'm thankful that we can pray for the people out there on the street, but unless you have money to go help the people on the street, it don't matter much. Hello. So you give so we can do that in local context. I think it's great. So the nation, Judea and Samaria, um, we do that through ARC partnership. You want to talk about ARC? Or, or you want me to talk about ARC? Okay, I'll talk about it. Um, the, the Judea and Samaria, we, we talk. So, so our, our strategy for the nation, so to reach our, like America, is we, we, we give to an organization that's, that's a church planting organization because we believe if you can plant a life-giving church in every community in the country, you'll actually change that community. I'm not against giving to food banks and giving to you know, nonprofit organizations. We do that, and we are in that in spades in our church. But if you plant a church, here, here, let's just say if you're a businessman in here and you want ROI, would you rather give to a nonprofit organization or give to a church that can give to 50 nonprofit organizations? The answer is clear. Let's plant churches. So we do that all around the nation. So again, I participate in as a coach. So I, I help churches plant other churches like our life-giving churches all around the nation. And I do that on purpose. And I try to make sure that that happens. And so this last year through ARC and through your giving, because you gave to that, we planted 63 churches. All right. This is 63 life-giving churches in America. This is amazing. Planted 63 churches. Over 14,000 in attendance, 14,000 in attendance. We had 551 decisions for Christ. Come on, somebody. And, and we've had total launch, all ARC launch dates, to launch churches to date was 1,057. I'm telling you, every time you plant a church, that community has changed because the, the hope of the world is in through that church because they're preaching Jesus. By the way, the statistic says more churches are closing than are opening. We need to plant life-giving churches. Well, I promise you, we need more of them. And so we did that actually locally even here. If you want to go back to our Jerusalem, we actually did an ARC meetup. We, we actually served, just so y'all know, y'all help serve and resource and bless and love on 12 different churches in our region just recently, about a couple of weeks ago, where we had 76 pastors and leaders uh, 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 present. We gave them food. We gave them resource. We resourced them for the kingdom. We blessed them. You, like they were blessed. Why? They're in our city. I just met with a, co- a guy in a coffee shop as a church down the road from me. We're going to give him money. Yeah. <laughs> we believe in the local church. Yeah. Not my church, because it ain't my church. It's the church. It's God's church. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Like, we want to believe in that. We want to make sure that happens. And then finally, the world. We, we, we want to reach the uttermost parts of the world. We added two more world um, partners uh, to, to our kind of like our, pa- we call them a portfolio, a missions portfolio for our world. We actually have 10 of them. And so I want to, do we have the, the list of all, of all 10 by any chance? Do we have that list or is it no? Or we just have 10 total? We don't have it. Okay, we're next service. We're going to put all the 10 because I want you to see it. In fact, what you could do, you can go to our website at risechurchtx.com and go check out our missions area. You can see every single one of our local missions, every single one of our world missions, and just actually see see who we give to, and you can look at them, and you can go serve there. It's amazing. It's just really, really cool. So, um, babe, you want to talk about Rise Kids? So with Rise Kids, it's been amazing. First, I want to say what an incredible opportunity this has been. So some of you may not know the full story of, of how Rise came to be, but there was four years ago a moment where it was tested, and God was looking at us saying, do you trust me? And we had to trust him, and some of you 
were there and some of you weren't. And let me tell you, I'm sorry, I might get emotional because there was a moment where we had to put it back in God's hand and walk away for a second. And I told him, I looked at him and I said, look at me. There's a reason God called us here. There's a plan and a purpose. So whether or not we don't understand what's happening right now, Rise is going to happen. And Rise is going to make an impact in San Antonio and change lives forever. And we had to trust God in that moment and in that season. And then he brought back together what he was doing and what he originally planned because it was, there was not, we had no opportunity, no, no chance to, it was crazy. We just had to stand in faith. We just had to stand with who God was. And let me tell you, my husband and I believe in the next generation. We believe in bridging the gap for our young generation to our seasoned generation to make life change. So when I tell you that this last year was amazing because we did our very first VBS, it was incredible. We had 77 kids for our very first one. We had almost the same amount of volunteers. There were 66 adults who came to help. Isn't that incredible? With all these little tiny munchkins, that's incredible. And 23 decisions for children who are finding life in Jesus. And I can't tell you how much that makes my heart so happy. Yeah, I love all the pictures that we were able to just, it was like amazing. And, and we had, it was like a three-day event. And uh, it was just, it was awesome. Our team awesome. did such a good job. I was yeah, so, so proud. proud of them. Come on, can we give it up for Rise Kids team and just all that they sacrificed? That's awesome. So our youth ministry, you know, we have a great youth ministry here. We've had 42 new youth actually come to the youth ministry this year. Um, it was, we had eight decisions throughout the year. And then, honestly, what our coolest thing was is we actually doubled our attendance to youth camp um, this year that we took. We took 46 teenagers. I mean, y'all pray for the, the, the leaders. I mean, you ever been in a 46? You ever been around 46 teenagers? <laughs> Listen, y'all, that was double from last year. Yeah, it was great. So we had a great youth camp, and it was awesome. We sent all the kids there, and they were having a great time, and it was just amazing. So, yeah, just just so much life change. It was awesome. So, so 46 kids to youth camp, and then we probably one of my favorite events happened this year as well. So this year we had our very first ever, and it's been four years in the making. Long time dreaming about it, but we had our very first ladies' event, and it was illumination. It was incredible. Oh, man, the turnout. We had 213 attendants and 11 decisions. Like, the move of God was in this room, and you could just feel the tangible change in people. You could feel their hearts lifting. You could feel the excitement and the joy and the love around, man. It was incredible, and it was because we were able to keep going forward because of the giving and the hearts in this house. It was awesome. I mean, and if you were a lady and you missed it, this year is going to be even better. You're not going to, I'm just telling you right now, like, we're going to open up registration soon. You're going to want to do it quick. Like, I'm just telling you, you're going to want to do it quick because it's just, it was amazing. And uh, I, I had a great time. The only part I would say that I was a little nervous about is when you made me hand out the free giveaways to the ladies. So I was like standing right here and I had to hand out that like was these. So much fun. And it was just like <laughs> mascara and stuff. But like, I'm telling you, y'all ladies get together. It's ladies a little know. dangerous. Ladies I had know. ladies like threaten me. They're like, you better give me that. <laughs> Give me that. I was like, okay, here. <laughs> Peace. Jesus loves you. So anyway, um, it got real, you know what I'm saying, yeah. got real. Well, it got real, real quick. Okay, so anyway, uh, quick stats on Rise, just real quick. So this last year, we had an average attendance of 549 people. Just so you know, the average attendance in America right now is less than 100. So I know we hear about like mega churches all the time, you know, and like big churches, and you're in Texas, and so there seems like there's, ch there's a church on everyone. That's not normal. 
Like, again, more churches are closing. So God is doing something unique at our church. And so 549, we had 337 new guests. Some of those are you this year. And uh, we had 27 baptisms. We had 250 active team members with 130 that do it every weekend, just on average, every weekend to come in here and serve and serve you and be a part of it. And then... Um, Maybe the coolest number of all, we had 391 decisions this year for Christ. I mean, come on, somebody. Like, that's the win. That's the win. And, uh, and so just so you know, year over year, the, the amount of increase year over year, we had a 42% increase in attendance and a giving and serving. Uh, I literally our impact uh, throughout the year from year over year. Come on, isn't that amazing? Like 42%, that's crazy. God's doing something great. Love it, love it, love it. So why do, I, why do we tell you in some of these numbers? Because every time, here's what I want you to see. Every time you sow, God grows. He's faithful. This is good soil. It's not good soil because I'm a good preacher or I'm a good pastor. It's a good soil because it's built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. You hear that, right? Do you see the life change? I want you to feel the need that there is something that's happening in this church. It's exciting, and you have to be excited with us. And so with that, me as a leader and our leadership team and our board and our consultants, we're looking right now for our next step as a church. And you know what our next step is? This is our vision. for. Let me just give you the vision. Here's the vision statement for next year. Here's what we want to do. Because every year we kind of have like, hey, we're going to do this for kids and vision and church, and there's going to do this and missions and stuff like that. And we're going to continue to do all that. That's going to be a yes and. But the Number one goal this next year, permanent facility. We need our own space. We, we have to grow. And we've honestly not been able to grow the last year because we've had no, I mean, like you've seen the parking. We don't have space. Like we have space in the auditorium, but we need kids space. We need parking space. If you don't have those two things, you're not going to, you're just not going to be able to grow. That means you're not going to be able to reach people for Jesus. That's not a good thing. We, got, we have to have a burden in our hearts to say there was an empty seat for me. I need to make sure that I have an empty seat for them. And so here's what we're, here's what, here's just kind of the vision next. Uh, I just wanted to give you like an insight to what, uh, before I give you the total need, how we got there. We, we worked with consultants and our board and, and my pastors on what we were needing. We need about 10 acres of land, okay? We need about 10 acres of land at least, all right? Undeveloped land in, in, in Helotus right now on average for about 10 acres is about $2 million, which is not, not cheap. To get some that are developed, which means there's a building already on it, there's water to it, it's been kind of landscaped and, and made for, for, like, for use, D- double that. It's about $4 million for 10 acres. So what that means is for you to get a typical down payment on commercial property, you need about 20% on average right now, which means basically for $4 million at 20%, we need about $800,000. That's a lot of money. Now, here's what's really cool about it. When I tell you about where where does your money go and how faithful God is, we already have $400,000 in our vision offering. That's from you. That's our, we, we have it in a fund. It's in a fund. It's in the money. It's cash money. Ca- cash money. I'm telling you. It's, it's in the bank. So we have half of that. What is that? That leaves the need of, of you guessed it, $400,000. We need that. We need that. It's not a, hey, if you're thinking about it. Hey, w- would you consider? No, 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 no. It's a need. Like, this is a, this is a church that's doing something. You're a part of a family that's doing something. There has never been a greater time to sacrifice than right now. The world desperately needs life-giving churches, and this is such a good opportunity for us. Let's, let's make the most of it. Why, why is this important? Why is this important? Every seat matters because every seat means a soul. And I just wanted to remind you through a story in our church of why it matters to reach people who don't know Jesus. Check this out, and then we're going to come back and take our offering. Mm 
And this is going to start a little weirdly because this has nothing to do with Rice Church. Ten years ago, um, we started at Halotus CrossFit. And there was a time laying on the mat. But I remember how embarrassed I am now at what I said to him. He, uh, we're, we're dead. We're laying on the mats like sweat angels on the mats. And he's just like, Brian, let me ask you a question, you know, because Rick is all about it. And he goes, do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And I hope I don't burn this building down when I say this, but I was like, no, nah, I don't need that weakness. He seriously just took it to heart and goes, I'll continue working on you. So I let him know you can try. And so it started there. So I have denounced his name as an atheist for years. I had texted my friend and said, hey, you know, I feel like something's calling me to, um, I want to baptize the girls because Alejandro's baptized. He was, it was more of a, it's the next step. You know, he needs to get baptized. It, it was just part of being um, Catholic because I've always, I was raised Catholic. I texted my friend and I said, hey, is there a place you might think or like, what do you think about baptism? You know, just in general, period. What do you think if a child is not baptized? And we got into the whole conversation and um, she said, well, you know what? Actually, I've, we're looking for a new place to go and I've heard of this church rise and I said, I'd like to go with you. And she said, let's go on Sunday. It was her first time, it was my first time. So we ended up going to rise and it's been like three years since that moment and um, it's been a, very awesome change. I had a terrible day at work. Like, I basically told my boss, peace out, I'm firing myself today. I let her know, because it was Holotus movie night or something like that, and nobody was expecting me to be there. I had not gone to church yet. Um, adamantly against it as a, what, a 41-year atheist. I get there, I'm not in the bestest of moods, and Steph sees me and she goes, I want to introduce you to somebody. I'm like, I'm not sure that's the wisest thing right now. I'm not the best moods. Oh, come on. So I walk on over and she goes, this is Pastor Aaron. How the are you? <laughs> and everybody around, all the men around him were immediately, Brian, he's a pastor. And Pastor Aaron just, what are y'all worried about? Give me a hug. That was real. Loved it. So um, that was the one defining moment where I was like, this is who my wife goes and sees on Sunday. I'll, I'll go see him once. And I loved it. The way he says stuff is just, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Like I felt like the entire time we were sitting there, he's just talking to me. There's nobody else in the room. Not even my wife. I just feel like the entire time he's talking to me. So, and I'm sure anybody watching this has had to have had that feeling of being the only person in the room, even though you're surrounded by so many other people. The fact that I was accepted for who I was, from a man who didn't have to accept me that way, especially how I treated him the first time I ever met him, that's special and that requires attention. And that's the only reason why I gave it to him. I'm blessed that that man baptized me in my pool. And that happened in, in May. That's what led to me coming to Rise Church. Just him 
teaching me, like, we should read the Bible more. So he's, he's not even walking, he's running when it comes to reading the Bible. I'm still crawling and I've been closer to the Lord at a younger age. So that amazes me about him. This walk, although still learning how to accomplish this walk in the right way, is the only thing I'm really focused on. I don't think Brandon and I would be where we're at now without their help. <laughs> so we're very blessed to be at this church because it's made a huge difference to us. And I love seeing Alejandro wanting to come sit with us in the front. I never thought he would be like, ooh, you know, mom, let me, yeah, I wanna go to church. Alejandro had never served before and he serves at the preschool. <laughs> and even though it's a lot of work, I've heard from so many people that he's so good with the kids and it, it makes my heart melt because we're definitely raising him in the right way um, with, the, with the right people. And so when Pastor Aaron today was talking about finding your purpose, I think the Lord is trying to tell me where I should be. Doesn't mean I, do, I can't work for a great company. I have to dedicate myself to um, just serving a church. And I can look back at every bit of my past and see everything that led me to this point. It is gonna be an amazing life from this point forward. Because purpose is found, is found. It's, it is not in question. We love the people at the church. We, we're so blessed. I don't know how else to say it. We're just so blessed and grateful that we know the people that we know, that we have the support from the people that love us, the spiritual family, everybody around us. We've, I've never had family like this, never. So um, that's why I got so emotional because it's, it's, it's like family. They're not even friends anymore, they're family. So when we planted our church, if, if you're a Christian in here, you know, and you came to our church and you already knew God, I'm, I'm grateful that you found a home. But I didn't plan a church for you. Uh, my wife and I didn't plan a church for you. We're thankful that you're here. God, you're, you, we, you're needed. You belong here. You have a place. But we planted for Brian's. The funny thing about people like Brian is that they think we changed their life. The coolest thing is to be on the other side of it, is to be a part of a story of somebody who's like, like you just don't know. That, that just gives me fire. It's like, okay, I'll do it again. It was all worth it. All the pain was worth it. All the issues are worth it. All the crazy church people are worth it. It's all good. It's all good. I, 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 it's all worth it to see another, another Brian come to, the, come to the feet of Jesus. And so some of you have a Brian. Some of you have somebody in your life who needs to be reached for God. And they might be a little rough around the edges. That's okay. If you just love them the way Jesus loves them, things seem to work out. And I just want to create a place where we can do that more often and have more people come in and have that opportunity. So right now we're gonna, um, we're gonna take our vision offering. And on your seat, there's a envelope that looks just like this. 
And um, you can give several ways. You can give through the envelope, so you can write a check, or you can put cash in it, or you can even write, uh, I think, you open it up for me. It's sealed. Oh, it's ours. Oh, okay. I think on the inside, there's a, there's a, a Tabby, give me, give me that envelope, and then give me that real quick. I'm sorry. I should have thought about this, but I'm going to give this to you. Um, so inside the envelope, you know, you can um, put your, your card number and, and different things like that so you can give electronically. Um, if you feel like, I don't want my stuff on a piece of paper, we seal it and then we shred them, by the way, just so we're very safe about that. But if you want to do it online, you can also um, do it online. There's uh, cards on our seats that say, I gave online, and that's where you can do it. And just put in the drop-down menu and then just click Vision, the Vision um, drop-down. And um, if you gave online, this is what you bring up today. So um, what we're going to do, and we don't normally do this, so this is not like every week. Man, every week they just make you walk up in front. No, we do this because we believe it's a symbol of our sacrifice and our grace to God. Like, hey, we're going to bring, I'm not going to, I like what David said, I'm not going to give the Lord that which cost me nothing. So it's going to cost me something in my bank account. It's going to cost me something to get up out of my chair, and I'm going to put it in the buckets, and I'm going to believe God for the next Brian's that come through these doors because there's more and more that are going to see stories and stories and stories and see lives change. That's not just his life being changed. That's his family being changed. That's his kids being changed. That's his generations being changed. That's, that's legacy, and that's what we're about. I'm about eternity. And, um, and so if you do that, um, so if you give with your envelope or if you give online, just bring this up and um, we're going to pray real quick. We're going to pray about it. And um, I'd love for just if everybody, we could just stand up on our feet right now and, and we'll just, um, just unify it as a church and just, we're going to pray. And then um, we're going to take a moment to give the, 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 the worship team is going to sing us uh, just a quick song. When the last person's done, we'll come back up and we'll pray out. Um, but as you, as we're giving, just stay standing the whole time and, and uh, we'll, we'll wrap up service here in just a minute. And uh, But let's pray. If you have your offering, let's just, uh, we'll just go ahead and maybe grab your wife's hand or your husband's hand and, or just put it in your hand and we'll, we'll just pray for it and we'll just dedicate it to God. Father, we just thank you, God, today. Lord, I know that every time I've given to you, God, I have never regretted it. And there's always a stress, there's always a tension anytime this happens with me where I, there's, there's an amount I know I could give and there's an amount I know I should give. And I pray, Lord, that we would just trust you today. We would be men and women of faith, believing, God, you have something great to give to us. So, God, today we sacrificially give over and above our tithes and offerings today. We sacrificially sow seed into the soil of this church. We sacrificially give to you, God, to knowing that you are going to grow it. You are going to do what you can to it. Only you grow, make, the, make it grow, God. So we just proclaim it in your name. We dedicate it in your name. We dedicate this, this offering to you, God. We bless it. We, 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 we just plead the blood of Jesus over it, God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that right now you're speaking life into it. Even now, God, as we see our future just on the other side of the horizon, God, I pray that that future would come. We pray right now for opportunities to arise. We pray for uh, buildings to open up. We pray for land to open up. We pray for seats to open up. We pray for more Brian's to walk in through the door. God, we pray for people who don't know you, Jesus, that would feel comfortable to walk into a place, not judged, but full of life, full of love, God, knowing they can come into a place and find a Jesus who loves them so desperately. So God, today, we dedicate this prayer, this offering to you. We dedicate this sacrifice to you. This is, we are nothing without you. Thank you for giving it to us. So today we sacrificially give in your name, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.